a group from our regular Matmonim Khaburu is actually out somewhere on the Mediterranean sailing on a boat and they're planning to listen in to the, uh, to the Matmonim each day. So we wish you happy sailing and a, and a safe return. Uh, this is the last Matmonim of the cycle of, of Masech de Beta. And on the last page of the Gemara, the last daf, Mem Amud Aleph, we have a Mishnah that talks about feeding animals and, and touches on the whole issue of, of cruelty to animals. But let's understand uh, the sources and go through it carefully. The Mishnah says, Ein mashkim v'shochatim et hamidbariot, mashkim v'shochatim et habaitot. A strange wording that you may not give water to or, or slaughter or shecht animals that are out in the wild that don't come back uh, to the pen and, and close to the house they're not domesticated but if they're domesticated if they're by tot if they're around the house then you may give them to drink and 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 one can slaughter them and the reason you can't give them to drink or slaughter them rashi says it's mishumukta because they're actually mukta uh, you're not allowed to touch these animals on, on Shabbat or Yom Tov, and we'll look at that a little bit more carefully. The Gemara goes on to ask, why does it say give to drink and slaughter? What is it coming to teach us? And the Gemara says it's coming to teach us that it's a good idea to give an animal water before one slaughters it, because that makes the stripping of the skin easier. Um, the Rambam paskins the Salacha, and says that animals uh, which that are mukta you may not give to drink on on Yom Tov and certainly not on Shabbat. The reason is um, we might wonder why can't you just put food down in front of them? You're not touching them, says the Rambam, because we're afraid you might come to handle them. And the last few weeks we've talked quite a lot about the Gezerot when the Chachamim Institute institute uh, a principle because uh, an action which inherently is permitted but is just too close, it leads naturally to doing something that isn't permitted, the Chachamim don't allow that. And so here too, what we're worried about, says the Rambam, is you might come to take one of those animals in order to slaughter it. Um, and the, the Shulchan Aruch brings the wording of the Rambam and Paskins that way. So clearly, one of the things we have to look at is there's something strange here. That means that um, a domestic animal, your own animal, that's that's okay. You can give the animal to drink and, and to eat. But what happens if one walks past an animal that isn't yours and that isn't domesticated, and it's dying of hunger, it's in, in pain and agony? Does that mean you walk right past it and you do nothing? Which seems to be the implication of the halakha. And we'll see that that's something that the... Mefarshim and the Poskin struggle with and come to conclusions as, as we will see a little later. The Magid Mishnah says on the on the Rambam, Magid Mishnah is the earliest and, and most important probably uh, perush on the Rambam. End of the time of the Rishonim, just the beginning of the time of the Acharonim, um, around the time of the Shulchan Aruch, a little earlier than that. Uh, and the the Magid Mishnah says. Uh, even though you're not allowed to feed these animals, but it, this is only animals that may be eaten, kosher animals. But if it's a non-kosher animal, it's not asur, because although they're also mukta, but we don't, we're not worried that by feeding them you'll come to handle them, because what are you going to handle them for? You can't use them on on Yom Tov, you can't slaughter them on Yom Tov, so there's nothing to worry about. So here we have the Magid Mishnah already instituting an area where it is permitted, so feeding dogs and cats, for example, even if they were, that wouldn't be a problem because we wouldn't be worried that you might come to handle them. But it still leaves us with a difficulty if a, if a cow or a calf were struggling to survive and needed some water, would we not be permitted to give, to give the, the calf water? We find that the Rashba and the Ran learn the whole piece differently, and they learn that there's no question that you can 
give to eat and to drink. Whether the animal is domestic or the animal is, is wild, it makes no difference. The Gemara's question is just why this phrase of mashkin v'shochtim, that you give water and, 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 and you slaughter, or you don't give water and slaughter, it's talking specifically about this element of giving water for the purpose of slaughtering it and therefore separating the skin from the meat. But the Gemara is not getting into the issue of whether or not you're allowed to give water to an animal. Of course you're allowed to give water to an, an animal. You're responsible for animals. Even a dog you have to feed. And certainly kosher animals. So he disagrees with the Magid Mishnah and the Ram, and the way, the way the Magid Mishnah explains the Rambam. He disagrees with the Rambam itself, himself, and learns very differently. So we have two schools of thought. The Ran follows the school of the Rashbo in this. The one school of thought is Rashi and the Rambam, that the Mishnah is clearly stating that one may not feed or give to drink animals that are not one's own, that are not domesticated around the house. Um, and, and come to sleep in the in the yard in in the evenings. One may not give them anything to drink. The Magid Mishnah says that there's a caveat that that's only animals that are kosher, but not animals that are not kosher. And then we've got the Rashba and the Run, who hold that you can feed any animal. There's no prohibition at all on putting giving animals feed. Uh, the discussion here in the Mishnah and the Gemara is about another issue altogether. Uh, and the Tiferet Yisrael, one of the classical perushim on the Mishnah, uh, understands the Mishnah and, and translates it according to the Rashba on the Ran. That is, that the Mishnah is not talking about whether or not you're permitted to feed the animal. Love beheter hashka'amari, he says. This Mishnah is not talking about whether or not you may give the animal water. It's just talking about this practice of giving the animal water before slaughtering. However, the Vilna Gon says, I bring it in the in sources towards the bottom, um, that the Shulchan clearly is not going like the Ran and the Rashbo. And so the, Ramba, the Rambam also paskins that way. So the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch are clearly paskining that you may not feed an animal. Um, yes, the Magan Mishnah says we're only talking about kosher animals, not non-kosher animals. Um, and then he adds, the Vilna Gon adds, uh, and and the Ayin Mogan Avrom and see the Mogan Avrom. We've spoken a lot about the Mogan Avrom recently, probably the most important parish on the Orachaim, on the first section of Shulchan Aruch. And the Mogan Avrom says, And earlier on, the Mogan Avrom in a longer piece actually explains how he gets to this, but he says, I believe this prohibition of feeding or giving drink to an animal is only to put it right in front of them. But if you're standing at somewhat of a distance and you put the food or the water down and the animal comes to drink or to eat, that certainly is mutar. So here we've got the Morgan Avram and we see the, the, the Rishonim struggling with how can this be that you can't feed an animal at all? How can it be that you can't give an animal something to drink? It doesn't make sense. And we'll see in a moment why it doesn't make sense. It's not just because it goes against our Western sensitivities and sensibilities that it feels un unkind and cruel. There's a Torah reason for it. There's something that's troubling the Rishonim um, as they tr try and understand the Gemara. And here the Morgan Avrom says that, that, of course, there's a way to do it. You can't, you can't get close to them because then we're afraid that you are dealing with the animal, handling the animal, and you might come to take the animal, and the animal is mukta. Um, but to place the food down so that the animal can come and eat or drink, that certainly is mutar. So that 
the Vilna Gaon references the Morgan Avram, so the Vilna Gaon holds the more severe view, not like the Rashbo and the Ran, takes the more severe view like the Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam, that you're not allowed to feed animals that are not yours on Shabbos and Yom Tif. But, says the Morgan Avram, you can put the food down at a distance and the animals can come. It's in the Oruch HaShulchan that we understand why the Rishonim and the Achronim, why these Mepharshim, these people explaining the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam are trying so hard to find ways whereby it is permitted to do so. And the Oruch HaShulchan says in Simen Shin Kavdal Tziv Beis, and it's according to my view, it would appear that Kol Baal Chai Sha'ani Yodea Shehu Ra'ev. Any animal that I know is hungry, mitzvah liten lo. It's a mitzvah to give him food. Not only may one give that animal food or drink, one has to give that animal food or drink. Not only on Yom Tov, but gam Shabbat. Even on Shabbos you have to give that animal food and drink. Why? Because it says in the, in the in Tanakh, and we say it in, in Ashrei every day, Hashem's mercy is for all His creations. And if Hashem is merciful for His creations, we have to follow in Hashem's way, and we have to show that mercy as well. And there's no way we can walk past an animal struggling for thirst or hunger and ignore it and blame that on our frumkite and say, what can we do? The Mishnah says in the end of Beitzah that you can't feed animals, so there's nothing I can do and walk past an animal that's suffering. Uh, because of muktzah, that you might come to touch it. Uh, there's no such thing, says the Orach HaShulchan. So we see from the Orach HaShulchan that it's because of the principle, this is a Torah principle, of that we have to be sympathetic and concerned and caring for every living creature. And we can't just walk by without with, without acting. Now, there are certain things we can't do on Shabbos and Yom Tov. But here, since this is only a case of you might come to touch the animal, and even if you touch the animal, it's a Dirabon and it's muktzah, the Rabbonin didn't make that law, says the Orach HaShulchan, in cases where the animal is suffering. Where the animal is suffering, we absolutely have an obligation to intervene and to ease the animal's pain. Uh, it's interesting, as, as we think of this, is to take it further and say, if that's the law with animals, that you can't walk through past an animal that is suffering from hunger or thirst, because of Hashem shows mercy to all his creatures, to all his living beings, we've got to be even more conscious about that when it comes to human beings. And I'm not only talking about human beings who are suffering from hunger and thirst and that we have to respond and give them what they need. That, that goes without saying. But human beings thirst and hunger for intangible things too. Human beings thirst and hunger for recognition, for acknowledgement, for validation, for gratitude, for love, for, for empathy. People actually have a thirst for that. They need it for their nourishment. And we have to be sensitive to that. We have to notice when a person has that need, when a person is thirsting and hungry and hungry for acknowledgement and recognition. And we need to understand, Hashem is merciful on every one of His creations, even an animal for whom we are not directly responsible. We've got to notice their thirst and their hunger and respond to it even on Shabbat and Yom Tov. How much more so if one of our fellow human beings is is hungry for emotional nourishment, spiritual nourishment, that we have to notice it, acknowledge it, and act on it.